Welcome to the Pocus Pierce podcast. Today on the podcast, I have Jamie B with me. She's a very well-known MSK sonographer. Jamie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast with me today. Thank you so much for having me. Tell us a little bit about yourself. I am a multi-registered sonographer with 17 years of experience in the field. I'm currently holding a position as the senior musculoskeletal ultrasound specialist at Columbia University in New York City in the Department of Radiology. And I'm also the founder of my own company called Learn MSK Sano, in which I teach different types of clinicians from all around the country and beyond how to do musculoskeletal ultrasound. And I also do a weekly blog too, just kind of giving tips on all kinds of stuff, scanning and anatomy, pathology. I do that every week just to kind of keep connected to my audience. That's amazing. What inspired you to pursue a career in diagnostic medical sonography? Well, initially when I was younger, I knew I wanted to do something in the medical field. And I kind of started looking around. I was a little bit interested in nursing, but I didn't know if um, dealing um, with bodily fluids and things of that nature was uh, something I was interested in. I actually started off doing phlebotomy. And when I was working as a phlebotomist in a hospital, I kind of was looking at the different careers that were out there. And I thought that ultrasound looked like a really amazing career for women. It seemed like there was a lot of opportunity for growth in the field and a lot of opportunity to be hands-on in the diagnosis. So that's really what attracted me to it. And then in the area I was living in at the time, there was an opening in the ultrasound program. So I just thought I'd try it and I ended up uh, really liking it and being good at it. And then just kind of took on a life from there. Did you start anywhere besides MSK? I actually started as a general sonographer in the Tampa, Florida area. And that's where I went to ultrasound school. And then I started working at a hospital. I was doing all types of ultrasound. Kind of my goal when I first started out was that I wanted to take a registry every couple of years. So I just kind of started on the path of taking physics, abdomen. The hospital I was working at at the time had a lot of OBGYN. So I did OBGYN and then I did vascular. I, I was going to be moving back to New York City. So I thought it, it was a more competitive market. So I wanted to be registered in as many things as possible. So that was kind of my goal at the time was getting the hands-on experience and getting the registries behind me. My first couple of years out of school, I was taking all the call I could take to get as much exposure as possible to pathology. And then I got a second job working as an outpatient center as a side job. And that really helped me improve the speed that I needed that, you know, I got the hospital experience, but then I also needed the speed to work in New York City because it's a very fast paced environment. Yeah, I feel like outpatient imaging is a lot faster paced than it is in the hospital. Not that the hospital doesn't do as many exams, but it's definitely a very fast pace when you're doing outpatient imaging. Yeah, absolutely. So I kind of, when I moved back up to New York, I had abdomen, OBGYN and breast, and then vascular. When I came back up here, I decided the facility I was working at did a lot of breast imaging. So I got registered in breast. And then MSK was actually the last specialty I got into, but it ended up being the one I was really passionate about. What led you to specialize in MSK? At the time, when I moved back to New York, I actually started back working at Columbia, where I am now. And um, I was doing a per diem job at another outpatient center. And it was really timing and opportunity for me because there was a really young physician there that had just gotten trained. He did a fellowship at the Hospital for Special Surgery, and he was this really incredible, young, talented doctor that 
was the poor guy was out there doing all the ultrasounds himself and you know he didn't have anybody to help him so he was having to do the cases himself and do the injections himself and read everything and it was just really really slowing him down so we just had some discussions at the time and he offered me the opportunity to come mentor with him and he basically gave me a fellowship they offered me to leave the job i was at come work at this facility at lennox hill radiology and give me the opportunity to learn on the job. And we just started this working relationship where he taught me everything he knew. And I knew that that was really special that a lot of technologists don't get that opportunity. So right away, signed up for the registry. And that's something I would highly recommend is forcing yourself to sign up for the registry even when you don't feel ready because it forced me to study all the time. I was getting the experience at my job and I was studying a lot on the side. And I just knew it was an opportunity because there wasn't really a lot of people doing it at the time. And I took the Pioneer Registry for MSK and passed it. And it just kind of took on a life of its own. Every time something happened where I was successful at it, another opportunity presented itself and I just didn't shy away from it. After I passed the registry, the doctor I worked with was really great about pushing me to the next level. He asked my job to promote me to being an educator. And since I had a background in all these other types of ultrasound too, I ended up writing all the department protocols for that facility. And that's when I started writing. And then I made it a goal that like 80% of the people that worked there had to be trained in all these different specialties. But I was really writing the protocols for myself, honestly, because I was learning it and I was just writing everything that I knew was working while I was doing it and working with the doctor to kind of have it all make sense for me. But it turned into such a body of work because it, there's so much to MSK that it became a huge amount of content. And then once I had that, the doctor I was working with was telling me, oh, we should do a CME course. You know, people would really be interested in that. When I looked into that, there was a lot of work to that. And at the time, I wasn't really ready for that. So I reached out to um, Pegasus Lectures. At that exact moment in time, they were looking to start up an MSK section of their business. They had hired me and the doctor I work with to do an, um, an e-course for them. At the time, I gave them my protocols, just almost like a resume, just to show that I knew what I was doing. And then I remember them saying, oh, I really like your book. And I never thought of it as a book. It was just a lot of writing. So at the time when they called it a book, we decided to write a book. <laughs> and that's how it started. They just said, I really liked your book. And I was like, oh, I never thought of it as a book. And then that totally took on a life of its own for the next four or five years. I fine tuned my book and wrote my book and worked with a graphic artist to develop all the graphics for the book. and collect all the ultrasound images I needed. And at the same time, I was working with the doctor to create an online course for Pegasus Lectures, it ended up being a 51 hour e-course. And my textbook ended up being um, an 840 page textbook. At the time, I just really wanted to create something that I wish I had when I was learning. So I really just tried to make it a step-by-step -step manual of exactly what you need to learn MSK ultrasound, how you hold the transducer, where the knot should be, what structures you're supposed to look at in the ultrasound image, exactly what it's supposed to look like with and without labels. It's step by step, every single picture that you could possibly need to take is in there. And it's really made to be where you flip to that section. If you have a patient coming in for a shoulder ultrasound, you just flip to the shoulder section and it tells you exactly how to do a shoulder ultrasound. That's what I really wish I had when I was learning because I was having to struggle through it. And I kept looking online like, I really want something that tells me how to do this. Even though doctors use it too, I really feel like it's so geared for sonographers because 
it's all the tips and tricks you need to make a pretty picture and, and get diagnostic images. And then I added in an interventional section and then I had added in an anatomy and pathology section to it's basically everything you need to know. And that's how I got started. I had that, I was like, now I have this, what should I do next? <laughs> because that's kind of how it happened for me. The whole entire thing was once I had something, I knew I was onto something and it was special and unique. I would want to push myself to the next thing. I started working at other people's MSK courses. That's when I realized I could do that myself too. To think that all this started because a radiologist or a your physician actually took you under his wing and taught you all of it. Mm -hmm. And then it just led from one thing to the next. What is the name of the book that you wrote? It's called Musculoskeletal Ultrasound, A Comprehensive Guide to MSK Imaging and Interventional Techniques. And it's on the Pegasus Lectures website. It's their copyright. They're my publisher for my e-course and my book. That's awesome for other sonographers to be able to reach out and get that book from them. It actually has 20 SDMS credits with it too. That's great. Can you share with us a little bit about your company and how that was created? Yes, in a similar fashion, it took on a life of its own. I had been working at some other conferences providing hands-on training. And when I was there, I was showing people my book and I was sitting there thinking about what I would like to do if I was doing this or how I would do it different. I just couldn't help but think about what I would want if I was learning again. That's just kind of been my thought process. I really took a risk and I just decided to host a conference. And in order to do that, I created a company name. And when I created the Learn MSK Sano name, I created it in hopes that when people type into the Google search engine that they wanted to learn MSK Ultrasound, that it would pop up. That's how I thought of the name for it. Ultrasound wasn't available, so it became Learn MSK Sano. I just created the company on just taking a shot that people might be interested in learning this. I rented a hotel and started this company. I put the money up to try to host a conference and I filled it. On the first try, I kind of knew that I was onto something. And, th and that's kind of where social media has come into play, um, I'm sure. Anybody who's uh, being an entrepreneur at this day and age knows how important that component is. I would post on my Learnimus Quesano Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and on my LinkedIn page. When I was doing events, I had joined my mailing list on my website and I was gaining some traction that way, but really when it made a big difference was when I decided to write a weekly blog. I was wondering to myself if I was out there wanting to attend a conference, why would I choose someone I've never heard of before to teach me? And I thought that if I provided weekly educational content and people knew what I was doing, like how else was I going to showcase that I knew what I was doing? I had my book and I had my e-course, but not everybody knew about my book or my e-course. I, I was just trying to find a, a way to deeper connect with my audience. That's why I chose to do my Tuesday blog, Tuesday Tips with Jamie every week. Um, I've been really consistent with it, even when I'm tired or busy or whatever it is, I try to get something out every week, just be consistent. And I think that that's really what made a difference of me being able to reach more people is giving um, educational content for free. Um, even if it's just a tidbit, sometimes it's lengthy, sometimes it's just a tidbit, whatever I can find time for. And I think that that really built the trust of the people in the field that they knew what I was doing. Then maybe they would buy my book or get my e-course or come to one of my conferences. And, and really the business evolved during COVID, which 
something negative turned into something positive for me. I had a conference planned in New York in March of 2020. And two days before my conference, and it was full and everybody had paid and it was ready to go, Broadway shut down and everything shut down in New York. And I knew I couldn't have my conference. I knew it wasn't a good look. We didn't really know what we were dealing with yet, but I knew it wasn't a good look to have the conference. I had to cancel the conference and I wasn't really sure how I was going to do it anymore. And then all of a sudden I started getting requests to travel to people's facilities to teach them at their sites. So it was kind of taking away the risk of taking strangers and putting them all in a place together that I started going to a more isolated, secure environment. That's when I started traveling. And then that again, just took on a life of its own. Every time I do something, I just share with my audience that I'm doing it. If I go travel to a state and provide onsite training, then I just share that I did that and ask people to spread the word for me. And again, it just took on a life of its own. Now I've been traveling all over the country for the last three years, all different types of situations between hospitals, outpatient centers, doctor's offices, physical therapy groups, chiropractors offices, all these different things all over the country. And that's been an amazing part. It's really fun to travel. People love learning on their own ultrasound machine with the, the equipment they have available. And it's an, a possibility for like the whole group to get trained instead of a facility having to send their whole group to a conference. It makes them easier as an option for groups of people that want to learn. Whereas sometimes someone's an individual and they don't have a group and they want to travel to a conference, it gives the option for both types of learning. And that's been a really fun part. I've been doing that kind of every other month or so for the last couple of years and I love it and I love meeting new people and I love that I can kind of go in, do my thing, and then get back to my job, my family and stuff like that. It's been great and I really connect with people and then I provide a lot of times after the fact, I keep a relationship with them for when they have questions or they're trying to build up their practice. It's been a really great uh, journey. I guess if I could say anything about it, I would just say, don't be scared to kind of put yourself out there. If nothing great will happen if you don't try. I just tried and I put myself out there. You know, even though I was scared to fail, I just kind of pushed through the fear and, and stayed confident that I knew that I could give these clinicians with the skills they needed to do this and word of mouth and the internet has done its thing on its own. I love your story. Thank you. <laughs> so awesome. For myself, being a leader in ultrasound, we had MSK at the outpatient facility that I was working at. And I will say that I tried for two years to find an MSK tech for certain facilities and it's hard. There really aren't a lot of MSK ultrasound sonographers out there. So I'm so glad that you are doing this to help train others. Um, when you do your hands-on training for sonographers, what are you teaching? Are you teaching a specific arm or are you teaching like a whole course of all MSK at that time? We start the initial discuss discussion, but I customize it to fit their needs. Typically, a lot of times when I'm going to a hospital, they want me to teach everything. I'll show them my full agenda. Start at the beginning. I start off with basic, how you hold the transducer, what type of transducers you need to do MSK, because that's very important. You need very specific transducers. 
I start off with what kind of anisotropy you're gonna encounter. Really start off with the basics. This is what a tendon looks like. This is what a ligament looks like. This is what a nerve looks like. Because if you don't know that, how can I jump right into the advanced stuff? I start with that and then I break it down by joints. I usually do the upper extremity day and lower extremities. I do shoulder, elbow, wrist and hand one day and then I do hip, knee, ankle, and foot the next day. And depending on who I'm teaching, when I'm teaching sonographers, usually that's kind of the format. And then when I'm teaching physicians, a lot of times they want to involve the interventional component. A lot of times I'll tell them, this is how you position the patient. This is where the needle needs to be relative to the transducer. This is the target of interest. This is how you drop the medication and what medication should be used. And it really, really is customizable. So sometimes I go to a practice and they're like, we only do shoulder, hip, and knee here. That's all we need to learn. All I can go and just really give them tons of attention on those topics. And then some people, I'm there and they want to get everything they can out of me while I'm there because <laughs> they have me there and they want me to tell them everything. I think why someone would choose me over other people is because, like you said, there's not a lot of sonographers teaching it. Who better to learn from than someone that's actually doing it all day long? This is what I do all day long is musculoskeletal ultrasound. I know exactly, program the machine about how to give all the scanning tips, what it should look like on ultrasound. Up until now, I feel like mostly doctors were teaching it. And even though doctors, of course, have this amazing amount of knowledge that the technologists don't have, they don't really spend a lot of time doing ultrasound. I feel like that's why I've really been able to connect with people is because I know exactly what my goal is to leave the situation where they know how to do the job, not just where they learn something, they came and they learned from a course, but I'm teaching them when I leave here, you're going to pick up this transducer and you're going to start doing the job. That's what I want people to do. And then they can call me or reach out to me if they need further assistance. And then with my book, after I've taught them in person, like I said, the book was made to be a bedside manual. So now everything I just taught you is in this book and you just flip to that section and it reinforces everything. My format for training is while I'm lecturing about the anatomy and things like that, I'm scanning while I'm doing it. I have the two screens up, the ultrasound screen and a PowerPoint up showing you. I think it helps to have the anatomy too, because I feel like even though the ultrasound part is the most part, if you can't visualize how the structures lie in the body, it's really hard to correlate it. So I feel like the dual screen of having both up at the same time is really helpful to help them visualize because you have to line up your transducer with the structure of interest. And if you don't know where the structure of interest is, then how could you possibly know how to line up with it? That's my format. You know, like I said, I'm very, very responsive. I'm very hands-on. So I try to really be there in a supportive way afterwards. And, and it's a CME course. If I come to your site or if I have you come to me for a conference and you get CME and that personal attention, I'm, I'm very big on personal attention. I agree with that 100%. The hands-on training and seeing it visually is so important, especially for us sonographers, because we're visual learners. Mm -hmm. Like we need to see where it is, where we need to put our transducer, the actual joint or muscle that you're showing us. We want to see it before you leave. How long would you say before you felt comfortable actually scanning MSK? Because of the way I learned it, I'd probably say about a year because I had to somewhat stumble my way through it because I didn't have a, a lot of resources besides the on-the-job training. I've been really working on my goal with my training is to kind of speed up that process. It takes 
the studying, the hands-on practice, and then just kind of experience in the field, just like it does with any type of ultrasound. So you can do it right away, but it's the same thing if you go and you're doing OBGYN or breasts. Can you do it right away? Yes, but it's going to take time for you to feel confident. I felt really, really confident after two years. I'd really applied myself, but I, I was starting to feel confident after several months into a year. The more and more I saw, and I think that's with anything, the more examples, the, the different people's body habitus and people's different pathologies. In order to come across all those different examples where I felt like no matter what walked in the room, I could do it, um, that takes time because there's always that time period, no matter what specialty you're learning, where you can do the exam, but you don't always know what you're looking at. So I think the, the first step is knowing what the normal looks like. And then at least the next step is that the abnormal will stand out to you. And then that's when the support of a radiologist is really helpful. It's an important component. There are people that do it without that, but it's an important component, in my opinion, to have a radiologist that you can show the images to that knows what they're looking at. Because even if your musculoskeletal radiologist is used to reading MRIs and they're used to reading x-rays, having some sort of background in ultrasound can be really, really helpful. Obviously, if you get lucky enough to have someone that was fellowship trained in MSK ultrasound, that's amazing. But if not, then you and your radiologist should be working together to kind of learn this together. Because I've definitely seen that too. There's lots of doctors out there that have some experience with it, but also need more experience. That relationship is really important. I think in all types of imaging, it's really important to have the radiologist with you on the journey. So if you're lucky enough to have one, great. But if not, there's no reason they can't go on the journey with you trying to become proficient in this area and really get the hands-on experience. But I think out of everything, the most stress I hear from people trying to learn is just getting the amount of cases and getting the real life experience is the hardest part because it's like the chicken or the egg, you know, it's how are you gonna do MSK ultrasound if you don't know how to do it? So how are you gonna have the patience if you don't know how to do it? You have to kind of build up the whole entire thing together. You kind of have to stumble through it and get the practice, learn at the pace that your facility is able to, but you have to kind of get out there um, and market too that you do do it because the demand is there, but a lot of people aren't utilizing it because places don't do it. The job I have now, part of my job is marketing too. I didn't mention that yet, but I also am like the marketer for musculoskeletal ultrasound. That's a whole nother component to it. It doesn't necessarily have to be the sonographer. I just feel really comfortable with that. I go out to doctor's offices and I tell them about the type of exams I offer in my office and tell them to give me the opportunity to, to show them what ultrasound is capable of doing and how in the right set of hands, you can see all the same things as the other imaging modalities. It's just, I have to show them. So I had to build those relationships with the referring physicians to kind of build up that part of the practice. That took a couple years too. When I came back to Columbia, after I mastered MSK ultrasound, they recruited me back to come to work for them. And that was part of my job when I started there was, okay, we have no patients. You have to help us get patients. And now I'm so busy, I can't see straight. <laughs> <laughs> it is one of the more challenging modalities, but it's so rewarding because you have to have the radiologist, you have to get the skill set yourself, and then you have to get the patients. It's a lot, but it's yeah. really, really rewarding. I will say just by our conversation, I'm inspired and I would love to learn MSK, but what advice would you give a general sonographer trying to make the change from general sonography into MSK? 
I don't think it's the first type of specialty I will learn. I think it's really valuable to have the vascular background first because you're kind of used to having to recognize small structures to elongate small structures. Um, scanning a tendon or a ligament is really si similar to scanning a vessel, the way you elongate it and follow it along its course. I think having that skill set is really valuable. Um, also, a lot of times a vessel follows the nerves and the tendons, so it can be good landmarks for you too. But I think it's a vascular sonographer is a good starting point to move to the next level. I also think getting your facility on board with talking to them about wanting to learn, for example, let's say you wanted to have me come to your facility, going to your practice manager, whoever it may be, and saying, I'm really interested in learning this get the support from the team of them willing to send you for training or bring training to you and have the support of knowing that you need to get more patient referrals and things like that, work with the marketing team and kind of maybe hopefully for those that it's not in their budget to attend conferences, you can kind of come to your facility and say, hey, if you invest in me, I will give back to you. That's what I did. Like I said, I, I wrote the department of protocols after I attended conferences and did all this stuff, I think that if you can get your facility on board to help um, maybe finance your training, give you the resources you need to be successful, invest in the transducers you need, get everybody on the same page, and then just say, if you invest in me, I'm going to bring a lot of value and revenue to your practice. If you get me trained in this specialty, then there's millions more dollars a year I can add to revenue for your practice because you have all these different types of ultrasounds you can add. You have all these different interventional procedures you can add. You can start doing arthrograms under ultrasound guidance. You can do steroid injections, aspirations, PRP, all kinds of different procedures. So there's a lot that you can add value. Really getting a radiologist and the facility you work for on board with helping support you on the journey to learn is really, really crucial to being successful. Thank you so much, Jamie. That information is so insightful for all the sonographers that are listening today. Oh, you're welcome. If there is anyone out there that is interested in having Jamie come and do the hands-on MSK ultrasound training, you can reach out to her at www.learnmskSono.com. And she's also on Instagram, so learn MSKSNO. Again, thank you, Jamie, so much for coming on with me today. I truly appreciate it. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate it. And good luck to everybody out there that's ambitious and trying to reach all their goals. Mm -hmm.